This is the Dr. Tim Murphy Show, where you will learn how to tear down the mental barriers to success and health and build up a stronger you. In these podcasts, Dr. Tim Murphy offers you the tools for recovery and surviving and thriving after trauma. There is a pathway to healing, and he does this through faith and psychology. Dr. Tim Murphy, bringing healing to your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Welcome to the Dr. Tim Murphy Show, where we combine mental health and faith to build a better you. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Joe Maroon, who above all else, I'll call him a dear friend, but the world may know him for his work in medicine. He is a professor at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and a world-renowned neurosurgeon with his work, but he's also known for his work with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has been their neurosurgeon for decades, and sometimes on the field, when you see, unfortunately, one of the players go down... Dr. Moon is the one that rushes out in the field to work with them with their concussions. He's actually done the seminal work to develop a test called the impact test, which is given to thousands of athletes in college and professional sports as a baseline and follow-up to see how they've done with their concussions. He really has done some remarkable work. But beyond this, the other Joe Maroon I know has done tremendous amount of work in understanding what happens to people under stress. He's written books about fish oil. He's written books about the longevity factor in resveratrol. Uh, he's also done some work with regard to his own healing in life, which we're going to get into today. And I don't want him to talk about that. Here's a guy who grew up in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio area, has faced his own storms and uh, struggles in life, and on his way out became not just a brilliant neurosurgeon, but an incredible triathlete. So welcome today, uh, Joe. It's great to be with you. Tim, I couldn't be more pleased to be on this show with you today and uh, and really discuss your own really terrific book that I, I received recently and, and actually read again last night, the, the Christ Cure, Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. And as you alluded, uh, Tim, we both have gone through what one author has called some life quakes. And we certainly can discuss that and how it reflects on our own behavior, our encoding in the human brain, and, and all of the other great things you've really outlined in your book, and which I'm very happy to discuss and, and, and go into detail. Well, thank you. Well, let's start off with some of your story, because these are the things that people may not know about you. I mean, as I said before, you've been the Pittsburgh Steelers neurosurgeon. You've helped a lot of Steelers overcome uh, their issues with concussion and other injuries to their spine. You've also helped with the World Wrestling Entertainment Corporation. Start off with a little story about yourself. You wrote a book called Square One, A Simple Guide to a Balanced Life that takes a look at the importance of understanding where you are in life and keeping all the elements of your life in proper balance. Can you tell a little bit of your story, how you came to your own reckoning? Sure, Tim. It began quite a few years ago. When I first graduated from med school and residency and went to the University of Pittsburgh, I was very, very bent on being very, quote, successful. I wanted to do the best I could, the best I knew how, and I did. And, and indeed, I, I was very successful in many ways. I had position. I had a, a little bit of financial security. I was working at the University of Pittsburgh Presbyterian Hospital, where 
I was actually chief of nurse surgery. And then within the course of a week, my father died of a heart attack. My family broke up and I literally had to quit nurse surgery and, and move to Wheeling, West Virginia to help my mother manage a bankrupt truck stop that my father bequeathed to her. And one day I was doing brain surgery at the university hospital. The next day, literally the next week, I was filling up 18 wheelers and flipping hamburgers. And it it was true, a a true life quake, as, as Bruce Feiler wrote in his book, we all go through unexpected tragedies. And he interviewed many hundreds of people and concluded that everyone listening to this program will go through three to five life quakes in their lives, major catastrophic events that completely upsets their lives for sometimes a year or two at a time. The death of a spouse, a divorce, uh, a marriage that goes asunder, and and a loss of a job, etc. Well, this was a life quake for me. And my book, Square One, A Simple Guide to a Balanced Life, is how I ended up getting back to not only uh, my, my former life as a nurse surgeon, but also the really the most productive part of my career. And I might add, Tim, in, in your book, you, you have a, a line that just resonated with me. And it says, linking what you do for who you are is a recipe for disaster. And, and I think that's what you said you did. And I did the same thing. I, my profession took over my life and I neglected the physical the spiritual and the social family part of my life. And it was a recipe for disaster exactly as you found. So I'll, I'll stop there and, and, and have you comment. Well, it, I know that the idea that uh, the idea that we can win the whole world, but lose ourselves is something where, you know, I'm sure at that time you listed your resume. I know in my own life, when my own downfalls came, I had a great resume. Anybody would look at it and say, wow, this guy must be extremely happy. But we know on the inside we're not. But we've equated achievement with happiness and it doesn't work. But here you were going from great neurosurgeon to suddenly flipping hamburgers. And I believe you got sick at the time too. But a friend grabbed you and said, you're coming out and doing some running with me. I want to hear how you started to transition into fitness as one of your ways out of this. Yeah, that's exactly right. The banker who held the mortgage on the truck stop called me one day and said, Joe, let's go for a run. And I said, run, I'm 15 pounds overweight. I can't walk up a flight of steps without being short of breath. I I think, though, he wanted to see if I'd be around long enough to pay off the mortgage. (laughs) But we we made it to a local down in Wheeling, West Virginia, high school track. I made it around four times and said never again. But that night, a, a, a very interesting thing happened. It was the first time I slept in several months. So the next day, I went down myself and I did a mile and a quarter. And then subsequently, a mile and a half, two, three, four, five. As the unanticipated side effect of using my body in a healthy way, I began to lose weight. My fog began to lift. I was able to think and feel again. And I realized very strikingly the mind body connection. We know 
we all know, we should know, that the mind can make the body sick. Stress can give you heart attacks, irritable bowel syndrome, skin problems. The corollary is what most many people forget is that the body can heal the brain. What happens when you exercise in terms of various endorphins and, and neurotransmitters and, and various anti-inflammatory things that occur, we can discuss. And, and I also rediscovered a, a spiritual side that had been neglected for several years as I was completely involved with study and work. And, uh, and then eventually, this, the, as I said on my, in, in the four square life, there's work family, spiritual, and physical. These sides of the square need to be balanced. <laughs> you keep track of them and touch each square, each side each day. So the physical and the spiritual led me back to my work and also a family relationship that was lost. You know, in this, um, I want to point out that you didn't just hold back with running a couple miles. You've uh, accomplished a lot as a triathlete and Ironman distance triathlons where uh, something like a over a two mile swim over a hundred miles biking and then a marathon run you went all the way to that level and I think you still compete in triathlons am I correct <laughs> yeah I do Tim uh, in fact I, I'll boast just a little bit this past August my my daughter and I did the Chicago triathlon which is one of the largest in the country and I came in first place in my age group but because I know people who listen to this program fact check, I have to be honest and tell you I was the only one in my age group. But but I did come in first. There you, there <laughs> uh, you go. Well, but you... what, what, what basically, I, I didn't set out to be an Ironman triathlete. What I found is that I, I discovered that I needed the physical activity to keep my brain working at peak performance, which I, I have to do in neurosurgery. And I, I simply continued to raise the bar, to ramp up, and I, I became actually quite fit. And I was able to begin with a small, very small triathlon, a sprint triathlon at North Park here in Pittsburgh. And then each year gradually increased the distance and stress myself a little more. You know, there's a saying, we, we don't know what our limits are until we try to exceed them. I, I just kept raising the bar, and I ended up qualifying for the Hawaiian Ironman International Championship, uh, and subsequently have, have done five of those in Hawaii and eight Ironman distance races around the world. But Again, that's not to boast. It's simply to emphasize, again, the importance of how the body can heal the brain and the mind and the very best antidepressant you know we we live in a world now that's absolutely epidemic of depression anxiety and ptsd which is what you you write about so eloquently in your book what's the best antidepressant one out of four people are on a psychotropic drug as a psychologist you well know for depression anxiety ptsd what's the best Sure. Well, there, there are two things. Number one, physical activity, physical exercise is better than any SSRI or, or antidepressant when, when compared in studies. That and spirituality. And as you eloquently 
write in your book, The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. And I think that you you so well describe the travails and experiences of St. Paul, what he tolerated, persecution, shipwreck, humiliation, and excoriation, disenfranchised from his own community, and uh, still came back and actually the most important individual in the Bible in terms of recounting the various stories of what happened in those days. So the benefits that life has to be balanced. And balanced means looking at the work, family, the spiritual and the physical side of your life on a daily basis. Joe, tell me, you mentioned the word inflammation, and this is really important. We know that stress causes more inflammation, trauma causes more inflammation, and that really causes deterioration in what our brain can do. But explain in words everybody can understand what this inflammation is all about and what it does to our thinking, memory, problem solving, especially as you describe the brain fog. Sure, Tim. So, you know, what happens to your finger if you get a splinter under your fingernail? It becomes red, hot, tender, and swollen. Why does that occur? That's the body's innate immune response to protecting the body, sealing off the inflammation and the infection. Well, this inflammatory process also occurs in our brains. What's the most common cause of heart attacks? Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, MS, arthritis, inflammation. So our body releases agents, chemicals called cytokines, which create the same response as the splinter under the finger. That same response occurs in the heart, and it's called silent inflammation because you don't feel it until your coronary artery blocks off and you get a heart attack. The same thing happens in the brain. There's an inflammatory response uh, associated with things like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, that 40 million people, at least in your book, from your statistics, Tim, experience from the things that I mentioned, life quakes. When we go through a life quake, our brain responds to the life quake like the splinter under the fingernail. It releases inflammatory agents, inflammatory cytokines that literally affect our, our brain and, and particularly in, in medical language, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis which is the fight or flight response. When we're assaulted in any way, physically or mentally, our brain responds by releasing not only cytokines, but also a very powerful hormones, adrenaline, noradrenaline, which is the fight or flight. Your pulse increases, your pupils dilate, your blood pressure goes up. And when this is chronic, as in PTSD, this constant fight or flight response leads eventually, well, initially to protection. We run away from the lion that's being ch that's chasing us. Eventually, if these hormones continue to be released and the cytokines continue to be released, you literally burn out. Literally, we've, we're familiar now with burnout in our culture, particularly since COVID. And when you burn out, when these continue, what happens to the brain? It literally destroys brain cells. Trauma, stress is neurotoxic to the brain. It destroys cells, particularly in the hippocampus, which is that area of the brain that controls or subserves memory. 
your memory becomes impaired. And also it hyperstimulates an area called the amygdala, which is the center for the emotional repository of all feelings in our brain. And, and the amygdala is actually essential in the PTSD syndrome. When we have a, a particular assault of any kind, and it can be a statement from a spouse, it can be a rape, it can be a, a traumatic accident, it gets encoded, hardwired in our amygdala and our hippocampus so that it never leaves in many respects. There's a reverberating circuit that constantly plays over and over the, this accident or this traumatic event or this insult by a friend or a spouse or a boss. So we become obsessed with it. And the problem is, this is now epidemic, as we all know, in our society and in our world. We have a very, very sick society. And it's time to Ken Tim, I go back and I, I'm not I, I'm not being obsequious in any way, but your book really, really, from your own personal experience, holds, if you would, the secret to overcoming these terrible emotional traumas that disrupt so many of our lives and lead to depression, anxiety, and even violent behavior. Well, I'm, I'm glad you point out here that um, there is a neurological basis that's there because I think sometimes people get frightened and say, well, I must be mentally ill, something's wrong with me. But when you talk about this hard wiring, I mean, the amygdala, as you know, actually can slightly increase in size and the hippocampus, the memory centers actually slightly decrease in size and it cuts off our frontal lobe, which is our thinking part. And every time we remember it, it triggers those same emotions again and as you point out, that inflammation can lead to a sensation in the brain of what we interpret as depression, as anxiety, and it doesn't want to shake. But many people feel, well, I'm not very confident and not competent handling this. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm just a little guy. But I want you to point out, too, that because you work with professional athletes, you know that here are these superstars that everybody looks up to, maybe from the age four or five, they've been playing their sport of hockey or football or wrestling, whatever, and their career ends. They have to find something new to do. But even people who are superstars struggle with things as well. The trauma in their case may be they got to switch careers. They haven't, they don't know what to do. What happens to them? And what advice do you give to those folks? What a powerful question that is, Jim. You know, first of all, I have to go back to a favorite quote from Shakespeare. You know, people, you know, the, the, the professional athletes who their whole life, their identity has been wrapped up in their performance as an athlete. And they retire and they, oh, he has 50 million or he has 5 million or whatever. What does he have to worry about? And in, in the play Romeo and Juliet, there's a statement that uh, Mercutio makes fun of Romeo for being in love who has never experienced love himself, Mercutio. And he says he jests at scars who himself has never had a wound. He jests at scars himself who has never had a wound. And what I mean by that is those who have never really experienced the trauma of depression or PTSD don't get it. They don't understand the emotional response and the emotional destruction 
that occurs. And what, what you're talking about in the professional athlete, again, extrapolates to everyone. And what I mean by that is we're talking about what is our purpose in life? What am I here for? What is the meaning of life? What am I supposed to do? You know, I talk to medical students and college students. What am I going to be when I grow up? What am I going to do? I talk to the professional athlete who's been very successful, who is now retired. Well, what am I, what am I supposed to do now? Who am I? You know, what's my identity? You know, Coach Chuck Knoll, the four-time Super Bowl coach of the Steelers, who, who I knew very well and was really an inspiration to me, he had the perspective correctly. He, with, with the athletes, when they retired, and I, I, he, he would tell them, well, now it's time to get on with your life's work. <laughs> Think about that. Now it's time to get on with your life's work. So he knew that what sports were at the time. But again, the, the young boys or the young man or w- woman who grows up with her identity being her success or his success in the sports arena, when it comes to an abrupt ending, for whatever reason, an injury, uh, you get cut, a retirement, it's time to look again. So this, again, I, I go back to your, and I'm not, I really mean it, Tim. I've read hundreds of books in my life. And, and your book, The Christ Cure, really goes to the heart of the question you just asked. You know, Rick Warren wrote a book, The Purpose Driven Life, that uh, I read several years ago. And I was, I, I just picked this up recently again because of the work that I've done with some professional athletes who have ma- major struggles with who they are, what's their purpose now, how do I find what I'm meant to do, and how do I find purpose in my life? And, and I think, again, both of us being Christians, you know, I, I rely heavily on, on the words in the Bible and, and the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And, you know, I'm, re, I, I'm reminded of the words of Isaiah. It, it's a, a statement, a, a quote that I, I've repeated thousands of times uh, in triathlons. When, I, when you're standing in, in the ocean in Hawaii in Kona, ready to embark on a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike in a marathon, you know, wondering, how, am I ever going to get through this? There's a, a quote from Isaiah that I use as a mantra. And it's, those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. I repeat this, they shall walk and not be faint. They shall run and not be weary. And, and I, I repeat that over and over, and it suppresses the, the pain from the muscles and the overuse that occurs. But more importantly is the first part of that. Those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. And it, all that gets, that, that kind of is the essence of what we're talking about in terms of our purpose those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. Got to be something bigger than us. <laughs> you know, there's something that, and that's where, you know, people, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. 
Well, that's another, and, and that's fine. But you have to acknowledge a higher power and, uh, and, and trust in something bigger than yourself. So I'll stop there. I'm getting too much into a soliloquy here, Tim. But that's, uh, that's a good point. So when you have athletes, whether they've only played in a few plays or been in the Super Bowl multiple times uh, afterwards when they leave, uh, whatever their sport, they recognize they're not just a small thing. They've actually part of a bigger thing. There is something we can all, we all have to look to and aspire to, whether you're a janitor or a mechanic or a carpenter or a plumber or a star, uh, an athlete or a um, CEO, it affects us all. Uh, Joe, we only have about a minute left, but I want to ask you one other important thing too, because you've written about things like resveratrol and uh, other elements like that. Is it something that people should also be looking at in terms of vitamins and supplements when they're under stress and trauma to help their body heal while they're also exercising and working on the other parts too? Yeah, I, I think there are several supplements that have been shown to be uh, healing and, and therapeutic in terms of mental health. Uh, omega-3 fatty acids found in fish oil are, are excellent. And uh, the various B vitamins are supportive. Vitamin D3, very important in terms of, of health. And then on my website, josephmaroon.com, I, I list several other things that may be of help like NMN, NAD. Uh, magnesium is critically important for those who are under stress and also exercising hard. Um, and a, and a new and a compound called glytine, G-L-Y-T-E-I-N-E, which enhances the formation of glutathione, which is now we've demonstrated uh, is elevated, is depressed in the brain, particularly in Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease and, uh, uh, and, and, and several others. But I, I think the most important thing is, is exercise. And, and physical activity. You don't have to do triathlons, you know, 150 minutes a week, 30 minutes a day, five days a week uh, can get the hormones rebalanced, reboots your brain's neurotransmitters. And uh, that together with a healthy diet, primarily a Mediterranean type diet will help reduce stress and sleep. Critical is sleep. Good sleep. Absolutely. Joe, you've been very generous with your time. I really appreciate that. Um, for those who've been listening, Dr. Joe Maroon, the neurosurgeon of the Pittsburgh Steelers, himself a triathlete, a person who knows what it's like to have fallen into his own crater, crawled his way back out, and made life better for himself and continues to inspire other people. I know, Dr. Maroon, you're an inspiration to me. I thank you so much for your work. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, sir. I'm Dr. Tim Murphy. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions for future podcasts, please send them to me through my website, drtimmurphy.com. You can find more information about healing from trauma in my book, The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. I look forward to speaking with you next time.